Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I'm here with Bobby Brassard, and we'll be talking about finding your daily joy. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you on your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of Midwest Yoga and Life magazine and author of the Chair Yoga Pocket Guide. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, my guest is Bobby Broussard, and she is a multi-passionate entrepreneur And she loves wearing all of her carefully selected hats, including yoga teacher, Reiki energy healer, and life coach. Her passion is helping women find themselves either again or for the first time while still showing up for the people who need them. Her purpose is taking from her own life experiences paired with learning with learned healing modalities to help women design and live joyfully empowered lives. Welcome to the podcast, Bobby. So happy to have you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Well, and I'm excited to dive into this conversation of finding your daily joy. Um, I think that's such a powerful statement. Um, You know, some days can be harder than others (laughs) to find joy. (laughs) Um, So I'm really excited to hear what you have to share today. Um, Where would you like to start with this conversation, Bobby? Oh, goodness. So I think finding my daily joy really started around a lot of my healing journey. And I had a lot of trouble being present in the present moment. Always. I was always doing 16 things at once if I could. And while I was doing those 16 things, I was thinking about the next 16 things that I had to do. So I just, I wasn't present in the moment. And this was especially true when I had a lot of young children. And I just, I think it was my trauma response to stay busy. So I didn't have to feel some hard things. So that is, that was my life for years. And when I started to heal, I, I like to do something and have it be done and wrap it up with a pretty little bow and then move on to the next thing. Right. And that's how I wanted my healing to work. So I just wanted to get through it. I wanted it to be done. I wanted it to just be an event that kind of happened and then I could just move on from it and go about my daily life. And here I was healed and it would just all be fine. So that's what I, (laughs) that's what I envisioned. Right. I just, it was a, it was a thing on my to-do list, quite honestly. And self-care was in that same bucket of things because when Mm -hmm. I stopped, slowed down to take care of myself, again, I could have thoughts creep in. I could have the past trauma creep in. So self-care and rest was just like a big no-no. So all of that kind of jumbled together. I had no joy. I wasn't doing things that filled me up. I wasn't doing things that made me happy. And that translated to the kind of mom I was and the kind of person that I was. And so my yoga journey is a big part of that because it's a practice. I try for it to be a daily practice. And in that same vein of, I just wanted it to be done. When I first started taking yoga classes, I remember looking at the clock. Is this, is this going to be done soon? Do I, how much longer do I have to hold this pose? 
um, are we going to be in Shavasana soon? And then when I was in Shavasana, I was like, it's really hard to lay here <laughs> right. and, be and not think about things. So is this almost over? So even in my, my start to yoga, I was trying to hurry it up. It was a thing on my to-do list. I was just checking that box. It was something that I wanted to do and get done. Right. And so a good friend of mine told me she was in therapy and she's like, it really helps because I know that I have this hour of time that I can take for me. And then I get to do it again the following week. And that kind of started me on this path of like, oh, maybe healing doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. this huge event that just happens. It can be a little bit at a time. And then I did a, it was an online challenge and it was these, I think five things to do every day for 30 days. And I, I just kind of dove into that. And in that I was giving myself an hour of time every day for myself. And a little bit of healing was happening here and there. And I was like, oh, oh, (laughs) it just kind of started, you know, really sinking in that the healing isn't going to be a big event. It's going to be a little bit at a time. And in healing a little bit at a time, it's like as the the healing kind of happened, a little bit more of my joy be able was able to like creep in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that is where the daily joy. And then my business name is Joyfully Empowered. Because I feel like as women, we can empower ourselves to do things we absolutely hate. And I think we're almost trained that way, if that makes any sense. So I was like, I don't want to be just empowered. I can be empowered to do something that I have no, you know, and I've done it. I've done jobs that I didn't like and I did well at them. Right. But then I I was like, I want to be joyfully empowered. I want it to be something that brings me joy while I'm feeling empowered. Imagine that energy. Imagine how awesome that would be. So that is how the daily joy came about. (laughs) Well, and, you know, and I think people expect healing to be linear. And it's really not right. Like you might make progress and then you might go backwards and just like anything. Um, And I think the average person listening can relate to what you were saying is how you weren't living in the present moment. You had 16 Mm -hmm. things going at once and then you were thinking about 16 more things to do. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. And especially moms, right? Um, Mm -hmm. They're, they're taking care of everybody (laughs) and putting their own needs last, Um, you know, and I know it's so cliche and I use this analogy all the time, but you, you know, it's so true. You have to put on other people's or you have to put on your own um, on the airplane. They tell you to put your own oxygen mask (laughs) before you put on anybody else's. Otherwise you're going to pass out and not be able to help anyone else. And that's sort of true with your own self-care and your own healing. Um, If you don't work on yourself first, you know, you're not going to be able to take care of everyone else. And, um, you know, if, if something's bothering you, if they're, you know, if you're feeling, you know, maybe you feel like you're getting sick or something, but you just push it aside and eventually it's going to like come roaring at you you and be like, (laughs) it's going to take you out. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you didn't listen to me. So now I'm forcing you to be in bed for a week. Um, Right. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, I think so many people listening can, can just relate to that. And that whole being present, I think that's a powerful 
statement because so many of us are like your kid's birthday party. You put all this work into mm-hmm. a birthday party. You're doing 80,000 things the day of, and then it's <laughs> over. And like, you didn't even actively participate in it. Right. Right. And you weren't present for it. And so right. learning how to slow down and be present. Yeah. And it's hard. And so there would be times where I would crave some just time by myself, right. To just do what I wanted to do. But then I would have that time by myself and I would be lost. It's like, okay, now I have this time. What do I do with myself? Like, (laughs) what do I actually do with myself now? So Mm -hmm. it just wasn't happening. And then when I started piecing in the self-care to my life, at first it felt very forced because I was just kind of anti-self-care for so long. And then it wasn't joyful because again, it was something on my to-do list. I need to rest or I need self-care, right? right? And that's just something we tell ourselves and it it needs to happen. And we know that, but I, I wasn't, I was just kind of checking the box. It was something that was on my planner so that I could do. And then I would move on to the next thing again. And so even being present in self-care, it's not just about doing it. It's not, it shouldn't be just another thing that you add to your to-do list or your calendar. So again, that's what I just love the word joy. That's where the word joy comes in because now when I do have time by myself, I know what I like to do and what I want to do and what brings me joy. And I think a lot of previously when I'm like, okay, what do I do with myself now? I have this whole half of a day. I don't know what to do with myself. And I think I didn't want to get into anything that I had to kind of put away. I like to scrapbook. I like to read, right? Don't bother me when I'm reading because I am busy, you know? Then I had to put it all away and I had to pack it all up. And that, that made me sad. So I didn't want to do something that made me feel sad when I was supposed to be, you know, participating in self-care. So finding what brings you joy is in and of itself, you know, self-care. It doesn't have to be the quintessential bubble bath or, you know, right. going to get a massage or going to the spa or something like that, right? There are so many things that count as self-care. And, you know, some people absolutely would love to go shopping for self-care. I detest shopping. I don't like it. It stresses (laughs) me out. It's not something that, so, so for you and me to go together and you love to shop and I don't, you're getting a self-care experience and I can't wait to be out of there. So, so it's defining what your self-care is for your own self. Right. And I think we just don't take the time to do that we're bombarded with all of these, these ads and these things and and telling us what self-care is. So we kind of just pick one of those up and do it because they said Mm -hmm. it was self-care. So I'm going to do that. Why don't I feel like I'm, I'm getting self-care when I do it because I'm not, it's not bringing me joy. And I, I think joy is, it can be put in the same bucket as like shame or guilt, even though it's kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum well, why should I get to experience joy right now? I have all of these things on my to-do list or my friend who's going through all of these things could really experience some joy. I mean, I think we just take on the guilt and shame of things when it doesn't belong. So joy can be a four-letter word. Yeah. And, And so, Bobby, how do you help women who, who do feel guilty doing things that bring them joy. What is some of your advice for people who feel that way? Cause I think that's a very valid feeling. Um, 
you know, like I have 20 things I have to get done. I cannot mm-hmm. stop and do this. Um, so like, how do you, how do you help women find, give themselves permission to find joy? Well, so an exercise that I love to do with people is seven layers deep. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm, no. So you, you, you can find like a PDF online or, but the, the gist of the thing is you ask yourself, you start with a question and you answer the question. So, well, why do I want to participate in self-care regularly, right? So you answer the question, well, I want to take care of myself. Well, then you go seven layers deep. Why do you want to take care of yourself? Well, because my body hurts. I wake up and I'm stiff and I'm sore. Well, why do you want your body not to hurt anymore? Well, because I have these projects that I want to do and I can't do these projects because my body hurts, because I keep injuring myself because I'm not getting myself, you know, stronger. Well, why do you want to be stronger? So you literally go through this exercise seven layers deep and it gets hard when you get to like five, six and seven. Mm Yeah. But when you get down to the nitty gritty, why? Right. And it usually ends up being something that that kind of surprises you. But I love it when it like comes back to your children. You know, I want to give my children an example of what it's like to take care of myself so that they can take care of themselves because then if not, there's a whole other generation of kids not taking care of themselves. I mean, it's just, it, it really breaks things down. So I love that exercise, um, seven layers deep. And then actually at the Driftless Yoga Festival, I, oh, who was the one who talked about self-care? Rebecca? Rebecca Perhaps. Sebastian? Mm-hmm. I think so. She does self-care. And I love that she broke it down into like three different categories so you take the time and you sit down and you go over, um, if I have five minutes or if I have a breath of time, what can I do? If I have 30 minutes by myself or 30 minutes for self-care, what would I do? And you make a list. If I have two hours or if I have a whole half of a day, what would I do? So then you you have these lists to go back to because if you only have that amount yeah. of time and you have to spend so much of that time trying to figure out what to do. You've just right. wasted all that time. So yes. I love that. And, and you can break it down any way that you want. You know what your schedule looks like, but sometimes you only have a breath, you know, between if you're a teacher, for example, and you have like this class leaving and this class coming, maybe you just need to sit down and take five really deep breaths or whatever that looks like for you, you know, or maybe do um, hide in the closet and do child's pose. I don't know, but you <laughs> just have these, like you have five minute, 30 minutes. And then like half a day or even like just an hour or more, right? You have these different lists that you can just reflect. We have notes in our phone. Keep keep the notes in your phone. What can I do if I have these areas of, of time that I can, you know, kind of sneak in some self-care? So just being proactive about it. Um, and people and, love to make those lists. And I just want to clarify. So you're saying have a list of something you can do if you just have a few minutes something you can do if you have two hours or, you know, six hours. Right. Yeah. So that um, was, I think it Rebecca Sebastian. I'm pretty sure she's the one who talked about that. Yeah, that that. sounds like And I love Uh that because it was very irritating to me. It was frustrating. I'm like, okay, I have this time by myself. Well, what do I want to do? And then I'm, you know, it's just like, you're trying to decide with somebody to go out where you want to go for dinner. And you're driving around and you're wasting time in the car. Like, and then you end up <laughs> yeah. going somewhere because at that point you're really hungry and you yes. just want to, you know, so I guess, well, I have nothing else to do. I'll just take a nap. Right. Which I love naps, love naps, but I could have done something that brought me joy during that time. 
So taking the time to proactively sit down, you know what your pockets of time look like, or you can just go with the five minutes, 30 minutes, an hour or more, and just, you know, take that and have your list. And then if you get some time unexpectedly, even, okay, I can do this. I'm going to take this 30 minutes and do this for me. And I think we also, at least I did, I underestimated what a little bit of time would do for me over a bigger amount of time. So I don't want just 30 minutes. I want a week, right? So <laughs> not, I'm only getting 30 minutes, but we, I think we underestimate what 30 minutes of like focused us time can do. Even three minutes, honestly, you know, if you take three minutes to do some yeah. breath work and just mindfulness, like that can just shift your whole attitude. Yes. Uh, what is the thing where you, you like find five things around you that you can, it's like here, yep. smell. I, I don't know what that is but I, I've heard of it and I've had people walk me through it. Mm-hmm. Kind of orienting. That makes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just that it gets you to the present moment. Yep. It gets you in the present moment. What are you smelling? Do you taste anything? What are you hearing? Totally present moment. And when you start doing that, I think you start also craving that time. And you, you kind of alluded to something earlier about, you know, we're kind of raising another generation of kids who don't value self-care and man, that, that struck me when you said that, because I'm seeing it, you know, our, our kids are just go, 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 go. They're constantly doing an activity and, Mm -hmm. you know, if we're not teaching them how to slow down and be mindful, you know, they're not going to probably not going to learn it on their own. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're just bringing up a generation of stressed out kids, right? Because we watching, are, you know, they they learn through modeling. And so they see mom mm-hmm. constantly stressed out doing 20 things. So they think that's what they're supposed to do. Exactly. And, right. Yeah. And, you know, that just really struck me when you, when you made that comment. And we need to be teaching our kids how to find. Yeah their daily joy as well and kids and modeling that so, is, yes and modeling it and kids are just so good at learning these things right and mm-hmm. if you learn it young just like learning good nutrition young it stays with oh. you throughout life right yes. whereas having to try and learn it as an adult is a lot harder yeah you're already in the habits and you don't want to give them up because it's familiar and our brains like what's familiar even if it's not yes. positive our brains like the familiar. So if anything tries yes. to come in and change it, it's like, nope, no, thank you. Even if it's a good change. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, what kind of advice do you have in regards to teaching our children this? You know, this is something I am still working on, but letting them see it. Like I, yeah. I when I first yeah. started doing yoga, I wanted to do it in a room where I wouldn't be interrupted. I didn't want them to see me doing something that I might not be perfect at. That was my mm. kind of mindset, you know, way Interesting. So, yes. So I didn't want them to see or meditating, right? I didn't want to be interrupted. If they sat and did it with me, it was fine. But, you know, when there's, you have a lot of kids, depending on the ages and, and everything like that, I just, I didn't want to be interrupted. This was very new to me, you know, a handful of years ago. I just really wanted my privacy when I was doing all of these things. And then it just, over the years, it's been like, you know, they're seeing me do these things, but are they? Because I'm behind a closed door. I could be just taking a nap. 
they don't know what right. I'm doing. So modeling it and just letting them see it. You know, it's just like you have two spouses and the wife is trying to get healthy and the husband, you know, she's asking, how do I get my husband to want to be healthy? And the advice to her is always just work on your journey. He's going to yeah. see it. He's going to see you get healthy and hopefully want to join you on that. And it's, I think it's the same for kids. They're going to see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially if it's kind of a new journey for you, they're going to be like, oh, well, when mom wasn't doing that, she was more stressed out. Now, after she meditates, (laughs) they they notice these things. She's a little bit less stressed out. My one friend um, was telling me how her daughter was like, mom, I think you need to go meditate. (laughs) (laughs) She's like 12, you know, right at that age where they're sassy. (laughs) But she's she's not wrong, you know, sassy or not. Exactly. That's what my friend said. She's like, she's not wrong. (laughs) Yes. And I think totally. another reason I love the word joy is I feel like we gravitate towards the negative. Yes. You know, if someone does 19 positive things and then the 20th thing they do is negative or hurtful or whatever, all the other 19 things are out the window Mm -hmm. and now you're a terrible person. Um, And then I think we just kind of naturally look at our news. Our news is hardly ever positive unless you're subscribed to a news channel that is positive on purpose. Right. That's what they do. The news is not positive. Um, Hardly things that I see like on covers of magazines, you know, unless they're magazines that are specifically promoting something that's positive. So we're surrounded by negativity. It's the norm, right? It's the normal for, I think, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Negativity is just, it surrounds us. We aren't taught to look for joy. Um, we're taught to, I think, strive to be happy, but that's mm-hmm. not the same. Right, right. Yeah, I think the statistic was something like 90% of our thoughts are negative. Um, but you have the power to change that, right? It's, it, it takes effort. Um, negative Mm -hmm. thoughts are like Velcro and they'll stick, um, and positive thoughts are more like Teflon and they, you know, fly right off. Um, and so we have to work harder to stay positive where it's a lot easier to be negative. Um, and I find that so fascinating. Like, why are we hardwired this way? Like, wouldn't the world Why? be so different if that was flip-flopped, right? Yes. I can't even imagine. I can't. Well, yeah. Bobby, this was such a wonderful conversation, such great information. I just love this concept of finding your daily joy and um, modeling that for your children and um, yeah. just, you know. Like I said, like learning it at a young age, you're going to continue with it. It just becomes part of who you are. I know. I keep learning things now. And I can't tell you how many times in the last five years I have said, I wish I would have known this when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I I just wish I would have known. I feel like my life's trajectory would have been totally different. Right. Right. Well, I want to take a moment to make sure we talk a little bit about your website, which is joyfullyempowered.com. And wherever you're listening, we have a clickable link in the show notes. Um, But Bobby, Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about what we can find on your site or working with you. So there's just a little, I tried to kind of simplify my website, um, trying to just kind of simplify everything in my life. So you'll find um, my journey with yoga there, my journey with Reiki. Those have been 
huge in my own healing. And so now I love sharing them with other people and a little bit about my life coaching options. Um, the way that I coach is I don't give advice. Everything comes from you. Everything comes from within you. I'm just drawing out what's already there. So I think um, when people come into coaching with me, knowing that they leave feeling so amazing because they know that everything that came out of the coaching session, it was from them. And I think that is just empowering. I love that so much. And um, let's see, pretty much just the yoga Reiki life coaching. I do have a blog. I'm trying to be more consistent with that. Um, I think that's about it. Great. Well, Bobby, thank you so much for being here today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this subject. I could talk for hours. <laughs> yes, right? If only we had unlimited podcasts, right? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and nothing well, else thank, to do. <laughs> thank you for being here, Bobby. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you are listening to help others on their own wellness journey discover the podcast. And also be sure to head to midwestyogalife.com and join our email list to stay in the know of upcoming events, the yoga conference, and so much more. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode.